0: Welcome to League One Fun. We're presented by the Beautiful Game Network and brought to you by Roughneck Scars and Icarus FC. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. I'm Ira Jersey. We are with a professional referee, someone from the professional referees organization. It's Alex, and Alex, I know that I'm going to not pronounce your last name correctly. So why don't you just let us uh, let the listeners know your name?
1: Uh, thank you for having me on your. Uh, podcast. Uh, So uh, my name is Alex Pius. I'm the director of Too Much Officials. My role is uh, to find the next MLS referee or assistant referee.
0: So how did you, let's talk about your career history before we get into, you know, how you work on on referee development. So what was your career pathway? Where did you start and how did you end up in your, uh, all the way up into your current position?
1: yeah so uh, how how you can hear uh, obviously uh, i was not born in usa my background uh, is that i played a professional as a professional player in poland in second division so really, i i didn't even think about officiating before i i moved to united states in 1990 uh w- when i moved to united states uh, i didn't speak english at all and having great passion for for our beautiful game, uh obviously I was missing. Uh I started playing a little bit for Polish amateur team uh in New Jersey uh where we moved to uh but uh, uh, moving here with uh, my wife and my two year old son uh not speaking English was very difficult time uh for entire family. Uh, had to go to regular work uh, after playing professionally in Poland, so that was like eye-opener for me. Uh, my uh, I graduated with a master's in physical education, and I also had my coaching license, and that was always always dream for me uh, after my professional career as a player to to, to coach uh, uh, football and but not speaking English was very difficult obviously to to achieve this uh, this goal uh, and you cannot either play coach or the last thing what you can do to get back on the soccer field was uh, become your free. and that's what I did. Uh, I started officiating in New Jersey in 1994. Uh, after I started, you know, speaking English, could could communicate a little bit with people. Uh, and that's how they, by accident, my officiating career started.
0: And were you mostly doing youth games or did you co- referee college matches? What was your kind of, you know, career arc in, in the 90s after you started uh, initially refereeing? Uh,
1: yeah, I started with uh, youth uh, soccer. Uh, um, and amateur soccer in New Jersey, and I was very really lucky uh, because uh, in New Jersey there is actually amateur soccer, uh, has of ethnic uh, teams It's okay, a very good level of soccer, and not easy games to officiate. Uh, so that that was actually very good for me. Uh, I I was learning quickly the. Uh, this side of, of the of our sport uh, and uh, After showing Good performance uh, at the youth level amateur level uh, the, My state sent me to the regional youth tournament When I was picked to to go to the national youth tournament in 96 and that really this this tournament uh, opened the door for me and uh, to move to the professional
0: ranks. Uh, So talk a little bit, I know it's changed over the years, but so... um Talk a little bit about how you became, you know, a grassroots referee. I mean, that's what I've been doing for many years myself, you know, refereeing mostly youth games, U18 and, and under a couple of U19 games here and there. Although at my age, it's <laughs> becoming more and more difficult to be a center for one of those matches. Um, you know, when, once you got noticed, you said you were noticed, um, there then is a regional referee pool. What do you typically do or, or did you do initially in, uh, in that regional pool? And then secondly, where do uh, referees go today and how is that a little bit different as you're trying to work your way up um, to you know, grassroots, to regional and then eventually to into the professional ranks?
1: Yes, uh, cool. and the, the road is almost the same. Everybody has to start register with US soccer and start doing the uh, the youth games uh, on the beginning. So this probably didn't change. And uh, if you if you put the effort into it uh, and you're really committed uh, then you will be noticed uh, at the state level. Uh, then the state sending the officials uh, to uh, DA showcases, uh, and uh, officials have to invest uh, in in themselves. Uh, and with help of state, they can travel uh, and and support the uh, US soccer event. Uh, US soccer always send the. Uh, uh, They change actually the name, there's no accessors anymore. Uh, they yeah, changed so, the, the, just so people know, yeah, it, used to,
0: it, it used to be that it was grade nine referees um, were recreational, gr- grade eight or competitive youth, and then grade seven was like adult, uh, and then grade six and five were regional referees, and and then you get into grade uh, grade you know four and below, and you're talking about referees who referee in like USL Championship and Major League Soccer, um, and and eventually FIFA referees, right? So, but today they've yeah. simply amplified it now, right? So grassroots referees, regional referees, and then I guess uh, after that is, is your world in, in the professional referee organization, is that right?
1: Yeah, actually there is one more step. Uh, it's uh, national referees, and it still belongs to U.S. soccer, and, and then the the best of the best uh, become professional referees. So just to, to, to have a concept we had have uh, over 140,000 registered officials in the United States, and this can change from year to year. Uh, but professional referees at the highest level. We uh, only have 26 referees and 36 assistant referees working major exactly matches. Uh, so, so just pulling into perspective, that's very, very hard. To achieve to become uh, part of the professional referee organization
0: uh, here. Well, and obviously there's a lot more uh, at the youth levels. <laughs> there's a lot of matches every weekend, right? So you need, you know, th- a lot of people, referee three, four, five matches a, a weekend at, at those levels. Um, admittedly, they're a little less tiring. So let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, when, when A referee, and since we cover USL League One, which is one of the leagues that you um, help to um, to to identify referees for, what do you look for at those national referees, and you know what kind of experience do they need to have in order to officiate a USL League One, or in your case as well, or USL Championship match? So, uh, so so
1: just to. To explain a little bit more how how our organization works so professional referee organization uh, manages the there are who work the MLS level nwsl usl championship division and usl League one so we're we're trying to assign all those matches obviously MLS is cover hundred percent and and that. Uh, covered by our senior panel of officials. So I mentioned before, is 26 referees and 46 assistant referees. So they're they are our senior panel of officials. Uh, so the group that I'm overseeing together with three full-time three co- coaches and one part-time AR uh, coach, uh, my, our group uh, covered the all-NWSL matches, all-USL championship matches, and, and starting last year, USL League One matches. Uh, so obviously, because of the size of the country, uh, it's quite difficult task uh, to, to find uh, officials. And the most difficult task is really uh, moving the bodies to the game. It costs lot of money. Uh, so we're working closely with USL uh you know to to increase the travel budget uh but and from year to year it, it's getting better and better but but um uh, sometimes we do have a higher level officials, but really the budget restriction travel budget restrictions, doesn't allow us to, to to send these officials to to your matches so uh, and ob- obviously the USL Championship division has uh, bigger travel budget, And uh, what what comes to USL League One, we're, we're quite restricted.
0: Uh, so so does that mean that you try to find referees who live within you know some kind of reasonable drive, for example, instead of you know having to get a, a someone on the plane in order to do USL League One matches?
1: Yeah. So we, we have a, some travel budget that we can fly officials to, to League One, but obviously we're, we're looking for local officials as well. Uh, so, how the assigning process works now, uh, we, uh, the pro covers uh, almost 100% of, of uh, referees in the center assignment. But when it comes to assistant referees, we do not have any travel budget. So we have to go. Uh, we, we have a pool of local officials that, that we assign, and if we cannot, some markets are tough. You know, some markets are. It's easier to find officials than the others. Uh, you go to to California or to uh, Northeast, New York, New Jersey, it's easier to find officials. But you go to Midwest, uh, some markets in Midwest and uh, the pool is getting smaller and smaller so so we're, we're also working very closely with national assigners who are in each uh, region so if we cannot have any any position then then they will assign using the local officials so going to league one is the mix you know you see the officiating crew and you can have a, a free assigned by pro but all other three positions could be assigned by
0: local that's uh, Interesting. So, so let's talk a little bit about the center referee a little bit more than the ARs or the fourth officials. The AR, by the way, the linesman or, or assistant referees is the official name. Um, what type of training does Pro do with those? I guess national referees as they're you know being prepped to do a, a USL League One or or, uh, or a championship match.
1: Yeah, so that's a very good question. Uh, well, actually, when you reach the national level, uh, you have to make decision which way you you wanna go. So you have to decide if you're gonna go the free side or assistant referee side. So at the national level, there is the all officials st- specializing uh, to become either a free or assistant referee. Uh, so when you see uh the referees will not be assigned to the referee position or, or uh, the versa. Uh, so, and that starts with the national uh, referees. Uh, so for us, uh, we have to find. We we working with both groups, so we have to we have to find the pool of. Uh, free and assistant referee only uh, and we're using the free pool to to assign as the fourth official as well. So, so basically, the free pool covers the free assignments and fourth officials, and assistant referee is just specialising in the in the assistant free position.
0: So, what do you think makes one? potential referee choose the AR or the center referee fourth official route. Is there, is there anything that you've noticed in, you know, your years of, of assigning to these leagues that there's, you know, something that, that drives people toward it. I mean, is it a matter of fitness or is it a matter of kind of knowledge of the laws of the game or what's the, what tends to seem to be the, the, the reason why people choose one route or the other?
1: Uh, Listen. The, the knowledge of rules of the game is going to be the same for both groups. You know, they all, all have to have the same knowledge of the role It's very really more uh, coming with the personality of each official. Uh, some people are more quiet and they don't want to be in the center of attention and that probably If you have this type of personality, you probably more fit uh, to become an assistant athlete uh, who's a little bit kind of off the field i know they have a very very difficult job because offside decision probably is the uh the most difficult decision uh, in soccer uh, but they don't have to deal with players uh, much you know they're still doing uh, when something comes to the area but uh there's little bit uh, different different type, you know. The referee, the referee must have uh, huge personality. Have to, is always surrounded by players, always in the center of action. All eyes are really on on the on the referee on the middle. Uh, sometimes assistant referee even uh, uh, if for one side decision do not happen in the game. It's almost unnoticed uh, throughout the ent- entire game. So uh, it it's going to come uh, with each individual. I, I'm getting this question all the time from the upcoming referees. Hey, which way I should go? You know, they always get to the stage that they regional referees for a few years and they move into national. They have to make decisions. Uh, so, really, it should come how they feel about it, you know, what is in their heart, well, on which position they feel more comfortable, you know. Uh, when I started, I, I actually did one year as assistant referee, and I really didn't enjoy, you know. Uh, they didn't enjoy myself. Then I, I moved to, the, to, to become a center referee. Uh, and, you know, that was totally different game for me. You,
0: you, you miss blowing uh, the whistle or something like that, right?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if it was about blowing the whistle, but I I, uh, I
0: like to have interaction
1: with players, you know, uh, and I like to decide where I want to go on the field. Uh, remember, when you're assistant at three, the second to the last opponent, they decide your position. You have to follow this. Second to the last opponent uh and move and be in line all the time uh being wa you have more freedom. you actually decide where you're gonna go so uh sure to that keep, yeah. for me,
0: you know yeah, you have to read the game and you have to read the game and keep up with the the play for sure i mean that's a you know obviously a massive um Uh, that's a massive issue with uh, being a center referee and one of the reasons why you have to run so much. So uh, talk to us a little bit about preseason because we we know that you know major league soccer as we record is kicking off this week and as well as the usl championship soon too uh usl league one still has another month to go before they kick off what are the um officials whether it's uh whether it's the assistant referees or the uh or the center referees what are they working on now is it mostly fitness is it watching games to become match ready is it doing preseason games like what's the or or perhaps all of these things. So, what a yeah, what, what's a preseason look like for a professional referee?
1: Yeah, actually, all all of the both, you know. So, we uh, we had two preseason camps. So, we had main preseason camp for our uh, senior panel uh, in uh, Houston in the end of January. It was three three day camp that we built all senior panel referees and assistant referees, and also. Uh, uh, that's, actually, that was very, very good, in my opinion. Uh, Howard Webb, who, who's uh, general manager of Pro, uh, agreed to invite uh, 13 referees from my group, from Pro 2, uh, and nine assistant referees uh, from Pro 2 group as well. So our top referees and assistant referees joined the senior panel camp in houston so uh because remember uh, many actually many post of official assignments in major exactly will be covered by our top Pro two officials uh sometimes they show it with bodies uh, and and usually every every weekend they asking uh for three for uh our top guys from pro Two uh to do for the official uh, position for Major League Soccer. And and this is a good learning experience, you know, for our people uh, to 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 see how and, it is in the highest level, and that's interesting. Be,
0: and that's interesting to me because that means that the fourth official, in the event that you know the center referee can't continue because you know they they you know injure themselves, they get a uh, you know a soft muscle injury or something like that, and they can't continue uh, to officiate that game. That fourth official has to go up and and. Uh, and, and be the official, so there's the possibility that a, a, a Pro 2 official can wind up actually refereeing an MLS match in that situation. So it makes sense that you're having them train together at least for some period of time before the season starts.
1: Yeah, and that was actually the main reason that they were invited, uh, because one of the big topics uh, was dealing with technical areas. Uh, for major for the NAE, because uh, how you know, you're appreciating there was the huge law changes last year. Uh, they were gonna start in 2020 season because the law changes uh, coming uh, live in June, where middle of our season. So always in USA, we're we at six months uh, delay. We cannot change, we cannot adapt the new law changes in the middle of the season, obviously. So we're actually starting 2020 with the with the new road changes from last year. And you already saw in the World Cup and all international competition. So one of the big changes is uh, warning, showing the yellow card and showing the red card to the technical uh, staff. Uh, so, so we can see this all on in international games already, but uh, USL teams, MWSO teams, MLS teams, that would be the first uh, experience for them when they step on the pitch
0: yeah, and uh, the, in and March. The new handling law, too. I, I've already r- officiated a few matches, and, and <laughs> the new handling rules are significantly different as well. So all of our lis- listeners remember handball laws have changed a little bit, so just be aware of that before you start declaring things as a handball or not. Um, so let's talk a little bit about post-match. So, so a, a referee in Pro 2, they do a USL League 1 match between two teams, and, you know, what, uh, is, is there an evaluation of how they did, and if so, uh, what's the remediation in the event that, you know, they, they maybe had a bad game, or maybe they, they had a particularly good game, is there, um, you know, what kind of feedback do they get, and, you know, can referees be kind of pulled out of the active rotation in the event that they need a little bit more help or time before they um, perhaps should go back onto the field.
1: Yeah. uh, So we're 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 assessing every single game uh, in Major League Soccer and in uh, NWSL. We have a separate uh, assessor panel. And just to follow my previous statement, they're not assessors anymore. They changed the name to the Free Coaches. Uh I I think so is uh the reason behind it, uh, we don't wanna tell our officials, oh you did this wrong, this wrong, you know, we're just assessing. We wanna coach our officials. So we're bringing the coaching model uh to officiating world uh, similarly for the players, you know. Uh so so we have a, uh, our left coaches panel. Uh, and they evaluate every single game uh, of Major exactly and WSL. Then they send the report. Uh, they they have to uh, input all critical match incidents, all advice. They also uh, have a webinar with the entire crew after the match. So they get on the webinar, they watch a uh, few clips together, and they give advice to the officials. Uh, so it, it, it obviously officiating is very difficult uh, job, uh, and sometimes in split second you know we we make mistakes. You know I I know that that's from my experience. You know I had plenty of those, uh, and uh, if if uh, any official underperform in few games. Uh, then he he will probably be pulled back some uh, more assignments. Uh, we're, we're not going to uh, take the official of the next assignment because somebody missed one, one decision. Even the uh, critical match incident, you know, that uh, if we do this in uh, six weeks, after six weeks of the season, seven weeks of the season we could have nobody to assign to the matches. <laughs> <Right>. Uh <laughs> so that's simple like this. I am getting phone calls from the I'm dealing with all coaches from each team and they're saying, Oh the three miss penalty kick, you know, you have to you have to cut him off uh, and my, my answer always to them is if you're if you're uh, starting uh, centre forward misses penalty kick, are you never gonna put him in the, in the lineup for the end of the season. And, and they say, no, 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 he will start, make, you know, he's my best striker. So uh, so my answer is, listen, but our best officials, you know, uh, they always make mistakes sooner or later, but they have to be comfortable the, because they make one mistake, they're not going to be cut off next day.
0: So, and, so, so, talk to us a little bit about because I think a, you know a lot of this, uh, a lot of refereeing decision. I think this is something that's very underappreciated by people who haven't refereed, and I think. Quite frankly, me being a referee has helped me be a better coach and a better player. Um, granted, I you know play in an amateur over 40 league, but nonetheless, it's um, it certainly gave me a different appreciation for the game and for referees in particular. How many judgment calls you have to make per game? So you know, what do you tell referees about you know judgment calls and um, you know whether or not it's it's handling or um, or maybe a you know a tackle that someone someone made where you know it, it to one. Person, it might have been a trip and tripping foul, and, and and someone else. It might have been, um, it might have been a clean uh, clean tackle. So you know, talk to us a little bit about how you psychologically prepare referees for making that those kind of judgment calls.
1: Listen, what about after at the game? In addition to the to the assessment they're receiving, uh, I mentioned before they had a three full-time uh, referee coaches, so they they working with eight, nine referees, uh, our top uh, referees. We have a tier system in, in Pro 2, uh, A, B, C and D, okay? So all A, B, C officials, and we have only Tory officials in these three tiers, uh, in the entire united states so it's really the top uh, top officials that were recognized throughout the years so they all are assigned, they have a uh, left coach so every week they have a one hour webinar starting in, which uh, we're tweaking our program from year to year but for 2020 they're gonna have a one hour webinar and uh, they have to go But watch the game, prepare the trick, you know, the talking point, the the critical match incident. And what I mean by that is all penalty kicks, all second cautions, uh, all standoffs. That's what we're calling the critical match incident. Uh, And also another talking point, the player management, uh the game management the uh, the dealing with restarts uh they preparing the clips and they they hopping on the webinar so they can see the same uh, they show the screen and they can see the same clip and they go over every single important decision from previous game before they go to the next game also during this webinar they they started preparing for the next game. So they're talking about the uh, upcoming matchup, which teams are involved, the tactics of each team, key players. We also have a video analysis uh, who's dedicated to to Pro 2 program. And she prepares, uh, she's actually a for, former Division One college coach. So she's more. Uh, on the tactical side, uh, and she prepared the scouting report. So she puts together uh, videos from both teams uh, from previous matches, uh, and the videos can include how they build up you know, on the offensive side, how they defend, how they take the restarts, uh, if they're playing long balls, short, they keep possession, or they're playing more direct, so there are three aware, before going to the game uh, about the tactics of the, of each team so really stressing their on preparation uh, because preparation is the really key to be successful in officiating world these days so they are aware about the key players you know tendencies of the team so.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So that way, the referee no, understands like how they should position themselves. Should they be ready for a quick restart if uh, you know if if there is a something going on around the box instead of doing a, a ceremonial um, the, a ceremonial free kick, for example, right? So the, that that makes perfect sense to have scouting. So it's interesting that they do the same things that some of the teams do, obviously in um, uh, when they're preparing for the match. Um, Since you mentioned it, that there is such a thing as video, one of the things that some people have suggested or or wondered if it's even feasible is if there's a potential to have video-assisted referee maybe done from a remote location or something um, in the championship or League One. if you can, do, do you have an idea about what the challenges are to do that or what would be needed um, to be able to have a video assistant referee type situation?
1: Yeah, there's actually a lot of challenges uh, at the at USL Championship level and League One uh, level. Uh, Number one challenge is technology. In order to do the uh, BAR uh, correctly. You need several cameras, and you guys do not have this yet. Uh, when when you broadcast your matches, so for that number one, the, also the price tag is very very high to uh, to put BAR in every single game for your both divisions. Uh, actually, NWSR inquire uh, about. Uh, much would cost to to implement VAR uh, for their games. And remember, they have only nine teams, right, Uh, at the moment. And the price tag was around $1.5 million uh, to cover all games uh, with travel and other officials uh, to the games, and all technology all set up at the the field. Because we, we do not have a central location in the United States as of now. I know MLS is working on it, it may be in a year or two, uh, but right now the VAR official is traveling to every single game to the stadium. So so they have to set up uh, the VAR rooms in each stadium. So, uh, and just to put into perspective, uh, NWSR has 111 matches. In the season, and USL Championship had 595 matches. Right. <laughs> so, so, if the price tag was 1.5 over there, you do the up you know. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's something like six,
0: how, six million dollars or something like that. And well, like, maybe
1: not, you know, because selling the stadium is just one-time price, you know, uh, and and that's pretty, pretty big part of this number, uh, so. Uh, USA, USA is inquiring about it. I I've had a talk with the EGO office all the time about it, uh, but it's still a few years away. I would say.
0: Sure. Yeah, we could t- uh, we could talk offline because some people have some interesting takes on uh, on doing things remotely, maybe to keep costs down. But um, uh, not to keep you too much longer. So I'd like to talk to you. Maybe go off script a little bit here and talk to you, talk to me uh, since we were just talking about VAR. Um, you know, obviously, you have video assistant referee that's been implemented in Major League Soccer for a while. USL Championship, what's now a USL Championship, was where uh, the video assistant referee was first tested. Um, you know, it seems like it's been very successfully implemented in some leagues like Major League Soccer, like the Bundesliga. Um, but, you know, do you have any opinion, and I know this is just your opinion, I'm not trying to get you in trouble, but any opinion about the implementation in uh, in England in the Premier League, especially given since it's significantly different than the way it's been implemented in international matches or the Bundesliga or Major League Soccer? Um, do, do, do you think that maybe they should... Uh, uh, you know that that they made a mistake and not sticking to, with what seems to be the global standard well <laughs>
1: uh, listen it, it's just my personal opinion you know I'm, I'm watching men against England uh, uh, just for pleasure right now and just to learn uh, also uh, the crap of uh, officiating uh, I think so they did went off script they don't follow the the, the strict procedure the the uh fifa and life have put together uh, for me is I, I still don't understand why the ar in the book is making the final decision without actually going to the monitor to see by by himself or by herself uh, so the, this is for me is uh, uh, not done correctly uh, and causes issues in Almost on the weekly basis, uh, the last week or two weeks ago, in, in the Chelsea, Chelsea-Tottenham game, right? Yep. Uh, there was such obvious sense of mess, you know, and the AI just said, "No, okay, it's not not wrong," you know. I I, I couldn't imagine if the referee would go to the monitor, wouldn't change the decision. So. Uh, uh, I'm actually very proud to 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 say that uh, implementation of BAI in major circles uh, is huge success. Really. And our I our I start showing uh, that our officials really the embrace the project uh, and and they do they doing this right. You know, there's still some mistakes uh, always going to happen, uh, but uh, it, it's really. Uh, well done on the on the senior panel here in the United States.
0: And, and I have to tell our listeners, if you have not been to ProReferees.com and watched the uh, the, the video review analysis post game, it usually comes out the Thursday or Friday after weekend's matches. They review every single um, or almost all of the the incidents where there was video review, and it's great because they even mention when video review was used incorrectly. So it's, uh, you know, a training thing, and I think they're very honest about it. And I think that that's something that, you know, every league should have to do um, because it, it shows you, you know— the, the benefits and also potentially sometimes the pitfalls of, of just humans being, um, being the match officials, right? With that, Alex, is there anything else that you'd like to, to tell to our listeners before the uh, USL League One season kicks off at the end of March? Uh,
1: listen, uh, I, I would say that our officials are well prepared. Uh, they're hardworking people and, and they humans. human. So when you go to the match, please remember this, you know, that nobody goes over there to, to make the mistake. Uh, we're all working hard. We're all evaluating all officials after the game, uh, and we educate them uh, to make them better. But, you know, the human error is the part of, of the game. That's why we're talking for years uh, after some game. And even D.A.R. doesn't... Uh, solve the problem, hundred percent. So, uh, so to real all uh, Just uh, I- I'm hoping they you are gonna be looking at the official in a little bit different uh, perspective after our call. You know, they uh, we are working hard uh, and we are getting better from year to year. We're never gonna be perfect, but. We are
0: working hard, and, and I guess I guess just on that score, you know, the the more reps that these player that these referees get, the better that they will be, right? So a lot of USL League One referees last year were clearly first time professionals uh, refereeing first time at the professional level. So the more reps that they get, the better they'll be. Is that is that an unrealistic expectation, or is that th- does that make sense? Yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense, and we're
1: actually. We're actually very happy, you know, the League One was created uh, because that's a great platform for us to, to really start the young official uh, with those matches. And, and the best one will, will be promoted up. We have a, listen, uh, you, you cannot do this in, in the, between the leagues, but on the officiating world, we do have a promotion allegation. So we're actually evaluating officials and every year, each season, on July 1st, all my coaching staff gets together and we're discussing and we're moving officials between the tiers. So four tiers, how I mentioned before, ABCD and the officials either going up or down if they do not perform. So we're trying to be transparent uh, and trying to... Uh, Create a performance-based program, so you perform on the on the field, you will move up. And since uh, inception of our Pro 2 program, that was called before Development Group, which was actually branded starting in 2020, uh, since uh, inception uh, three years ago, uh, we promoted six referees to the senior panel, which has promoted three our best officials. Uh, to start of 2020 season, uh, so pretty soon all officials uh, will be coming through our program. So uh, it's pretty excited time. I think so. We have a great structure that we put together uh, moving forward. And if uh, if you really want to get the more information. Uh, about that, you can go to pro2referees. dot com, two with number two, uh, and you you will see the steps. You will see our official officials uh, that we're working with, a uh, couple interviews, uh, and we really all steps how you can really reach uh, our level and then the senior panel level. So and I think those good information out there that.
0: That's great. I will put that link in the show notes. With that, Alex, thank you very much. And thank you, our listeners, for listening to this episode of League One Fun. And thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of Major League Soccer, United Soccer Leagues, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. And also, we'd like to thank Icarus FC. You can get affordable kits for your group, your home team, your over-40 team, whatever you want at IcarusFC.com. Until next time. Hashtag support local soccer.